An excerpt from the journal of Queen Elizabeth II. I have grown tired of this damned social media. It has really done a number on the public perception of the royal family as of late. I often feel I have ruled too long to have seen the convention of office turned on its head. Prince Harry has taken to one of these American Negro women, though oddly enough the masses don't seem to mind that fact at all. Not the case in Her Majesty's royal court, I assure you. They are, however, not as accepting of Andrew's pedophilia. What once was a royal right has suddenly turned to boo. Thank God Charles is too old to get it up any more, and the only public scandal on William's head is stepping out of his marriage for that young trollop Rose. We shall have to keep it that way. The public in the dark, that is. You could only imagine what they would think if they knew what William had truly been into. gentlemen it is time once again for another episode of against the mob podcast i got of course logan carpenter over here matthew billingsley joining me as always and we're bringing on a special guest once again we have the host and founder of public hangs for pedophiles here uh we're gonna try to protect his uh identity by calling him mr hangings or mr public hangs for pedophiles mr ph uh excuse me public hangings uh fp phfp excuse me um in order just to keep him from having to deal with anybody coming and knocking on his door over there where he lives. Um, but we wanted to bring him in. We thought this was a poignant episode to have his opinion on uh, as we were batting around ideas on what it should be that we get into this week, what we should talk about. Uh, one thing kind of popped into my head that I think we could always use a reminder of that I'm afraid gets pushed back too much in the media cycle uh, to where we don't think about it as often as we should. Uh, so this is your commemorative episode of Against the Mob podcast on Jeffrey Epstein today. Uh, we want to talk a little bit about the timeline, kind of chronicle the, the life and the atrocities of Jeffrey Epstein. Uh, we want to talk about the failings of the state and the, the difficulties within a hierarchical system, uh, wanting to protect its own, uh, save its own face, protect its own butt, so to speak, uh, circle in the wagons so that the people within the hierarchy don't get in trouble for this sort of thing, which is a, a whole lot of this story, unfortunately. Uh, and we want to talk about the 24-hour news cycle and its responsibility um, what it's done to bury the story, whether it be intentional or, or be for the uh, ever mighty dollar and getting those ratings up in the uh, form of entertainment has come today. But we want to kind of uh, readdress this and just give everybody their periodic reminder that Jeffrey Epstein did not, in fact, kill himself. So how are you doing today, P PFHP? We're doing good. <laughs> no, we're doing good. We're doing real good. Uh, you know, recently we dropped the hoodies, uh, which is right on time for, I know, most states. I know here in Texas is still kind of warm. You know, a few nights here and there might be a little cool, but uh, dropped the hoodie, so that's doing good. Made a new pack, which which definitely caused the wave. Um, <laughs> you know, some politicians' names up there, right? Uh, you know, birds of a feather flock together. So, and that's <laughs> today's topic as well, which we're talking about. 
So, um, but uh, but things are moving along. Things are definitely moving. So we're doing good over here, trying to hold the house. And, you know, you know, keep the fight, keep turning awareness into action. Love it, baby. Like we it. definitely need that in this world. We uh, this is a, a big problem. If anybody listened to our first episode with public hangs for pedophiles, uh, you get a, a small glimpse into his world and the the insane numbers that come with sex trafficking and specifically with children and the, how disgusting it is. So definitely glad to have uh, you out there fighting the good fight where uh, Matthew and I need to get ourselves stirred up and see where we can get involved as well. Uh, one step of that would be just to go on his website, public hang for pedophiles guys, buy some merch up there. I can't encourage that enough. Uh, all the proceeds go towards helping this horrible problem. And we need to find solutions outside of the state itself, because as we're going to chronicle in this episode, the state uh, at the very best is doing an inept job of halting this problem. And at worst is probably involved firsthand uh, within Complicit. it. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Within. For sure. Well, Mr. Hangings, thanks for joining us. I know it was super short notice and we are very appreciative of your time. Before we get going, everybody, I do want to thank our dear sponsor, Lauren Zotti Coffee. It's going to be uh, it's going to be a short one because I want to get into the subject matter. So go check them out. It is premium Italian coffee delivered right to your front door. Use the pre use the promo code ATM10. That is ATM10 for 10% off of your purchase. And remember, a portion of those proceeds do go directly to the show to help Logan and I keep the lights on and you guys can enjoy at least his silk smooth voice um every every week and so yeah so with that being said um we really wanted to to come back to this because we were batting around some ideas and i think we have our next few ideas lined up but they needed a little bit more research than just like um a couple hour turnaround from conception of idea to actually um recording this episode which is how today happened and Epstein didn't kill himself. It's just time that we all need to remind ourselves because here we are again. The news cycle is packed with all of this stuff and not a mention of it. And um, I'm just going to toss the ball to you, Mr. Public Hangings, uh, first. So, I mean, what do, what do you have to say about that? What's just your general thoughts on Epstein, um, on all of it? I think, I think first and foremost, we got to keep the fire on it. Um, it's, it's so easy to get distracted, right? Because, I, you know, so many other things going on, especially now more than ever uh covid things going on in the country as far as supply chain issues which is huge now um things going on abroad right a lot of other countries are seeing the same thing china and how they're messing with taiwan right that's that's catching a lot of attention as well australia how bad australia is collapsing and it's just this whole dystopia of what's going on over there as well um there's just so much going on there's so much going on so it's really important for us and and everyday consumers of media and news to constantly ask the question, hey, what's going on with this, right? We still have, I still haven't seen anything, um, you know, going on with Galeen Maxwell um, or Galeen Maxwell, however you say her name. I prefer Gislaine Maxwell myself. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, and then, and recently, uh, man, I I don't, I I can't even remember it for detail, Uh, but somebody else who was, who had ties to Jeffrey Epstein as well, um, had also, um, has, has also been caught as well. So like this, this trafficking ring is, is alive and well. Uh, it's, so it, it's, it's extremely important for us to keep asking the questions, keep asking the same questions, keep bringing it up, just keep the fire on them because they love, they love to just uh, throw it out there in your ear and then throw something else in there. So right. That initial thought can move out the other ear. Yeah. And I really think that's a, uh kind of exactly what we got to to witness when we started looking through this timeline again. And obviously it's been two years and we haven't seen much result out of this. Uh, but as we got to kind of digging into the timeline of it, it hasn't been two years. It's been 
a decade or more. I mean, the, the first uh, time that Epstein was brought up on any of these charges or was reported to them to the FBI was 1996, which blew yep. my mind. I mean, I was a, a, in junior high, I think then. So <laughs> I've gone through uh, the majority of my adult life with this man out there trafficking, raping and, and abducting human beings into a slave trade. Uh, and the government's been aware of it, or at least been receiving reports of it and nothing yet's happened. Even now, I believe I was reading there's only been one. There have been some minor charges, but there's only been one charge of child sex trafficking within this whole thing come out of this. Yeah, it's pathetic. And it, it's people think that, especially when you start looking at the whole you know, the whole trafficking effort, people think it's just our, well, how many flights has this person taken? Like, if, if, you know, and they want to like, try to like make this excuse, like, oh, well, you know, they only flew to the island once, or they only did that once, you know, maybe if they would have done it again, like, okay, you know, I could see, I could see, you know, more of the guilt in it. And it's, it's not just going to the island. It's not just about the flight logs. It's about the donations that they make. It's about going to the art galleries. It's about going to the galas. It's about going to, um the fundraising events and whatnot right it's it's about the the dance hall studios that are still open or, or the photographer uh recruiting studios right and 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 those those places that are still open that are still constantly bringing in trafficking uh and exploiting these these women these girls and boys as well exploiting boys all right it's it's so much more than that um but yeah yeah I, wild I think to to think too just uh i can remember a time in this country where if you were smoking marijuana, the government would tell you, well, that comes from cartels, these illegal drugs are trafficked in by cartels who directly support ISIS. So if you're smoking marijuana, you're basically a terrorist. And yet we've done nothing about all these galas, like you said, all these events, even if they're not directly molesting children at these events or abducting at these events, they're funding this kind of thing, right? Yep. Yep. Yeah, it's crazy. It's it ha- it goes on in so many other places than just that. Um, and that's just speaking on these on these big, big money scheming events, you know, just for elites and for politicians. And one thing that I always tell followers too, right? Follow the money and you'll you'll definitely find some answers. You might not find the answers that you want, but you'll 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 you follow the money and it'll 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 definitely take you places. Um, the money doesn't lie. And 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 one thing that I found as soon as you start following the money, you see how everybody's hands are all in each other's pockets. It's oh, scary. Yeah. Yeah, everybody, you're absolutely right. everybody wants a piece. Everybody's oh. got to get a piece too. And it is oh. it is it is amazing how quickly um you find that the corruption exists, even on, you know, even sometimes on the local level. And so with that being said, let's just kind of run through a real brief timeline. We don't want to spend too much time on this, but I think it is always worth just outlining the context. Uh, We are slaves to context on this podcast. And it's always just good to know kind of the background of what's um, what's how, how, how we got here today when everyone's asking, um, did Epstein kill himself? And so, you know, so, like Logan said, the earliest crimes were reported by the, were reported to the FBI in 1996. Um, that was the that was the first time that I mean 96. I was five, right? I'm young. I'm I'm five when this is going on. I still think I'm watching Rugrats and Blues Clues on television. Yeah, that's crazy when, to think there were kids probably older than you abducted into this sex trafficking at that point in time. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Um, Yeah. And so the first documented episode was in 2005 when the police in Palm Beach, Florida, began investigating Epstein after a parent had filed a complaint that he had sexually abused his 14 year old daughter. He had pleaded guilty 
to this and was convicted in 2008 by a Florida state court of, quote, procuring a child for prostitution, end quote. That was the actual charge. And I mean, and if there's any lawyers out there, please tell me if I'm wrong. But my understanding when it comes to these things, there is only child sex trafficking. That is the only charge when it comes to stuff with minor. And so I feel like, and I could be wrong on this one and shame on me if I am for spreading fake news, but it just seems that it's odd that you wouldn't just throw the book at him because what's the difference between procuring a child for prostitution and child sex trafficking? I mean, for they're one in the same as far as I'm concerned, but it's, it's crazy. It, especially him- when you consider that there's no contract we honor in this country outside of student loans that you can enter into before you're 18 years old. You're not allowed to, you have to be of sound mind. You can't be drunk. You can't be high and you can't be a goddamn kid. So why is uh, it's weird to me that that's even a charge that they would bring up as procuring a child for prostitution. To me, that sounds like you're raping a minor. That's <laughs> kind of what that translates to. Yeah. I feel like there's no, there's no way around it. And then, um, so then he, he gets this lovely 13, um, he gets an 18 month sentence and he serves 13 of those 18 months, but uh, he has a very lax prison experience. What it reminds me of, it reminds me of Hitler's um, experience when he gets arrested for the Munich uh, Beer Hall Putsch, you know? His jail's not like the jail that the rest of us go to, right? Um, He was sent to the Palm Beach County Stockade instead of the typical Florida state prison that most sex offenders are sent to when convicted of these crimes. While there, three and a half months into a sentence, he was granted a work release from the uh, by the warden of the uh, correction facility where he was allowed to leave the jail. Check this out. Twelve hours a day, six days a week. And when he was back in, he was held in the private wing and he was allowed to access the attorney room where he had a television installed. His door was never locked in his jail cell. He came and went as he pleased. And interestingly enough, because you said follow the money, his one of Jeffrey Epstein's non uh, nonprofit organizations was making donations of over one hundred thousand dollars to this jail during his stay there just to cover with his expenses. Follow the money. Yep. All these guys sitting up in the ivory tower. I mean, he practically fucking built the ivory tower. <laughs> it's it's, <laughs> rules for it's thee, crazy. but not for me, they say. Yeah. I think it's yep. uh, one that jumped out to me, too, is that he was leaving for 12 hours a day, six days a week. Uh, that's like less restrictive than I am in my own apartment. My, my FIFA demands on PlayStation require me to be home uh, more often than that, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, it's pretty, it's pretty, it's, yeah, it's just absolutely wild, right? And I think just like one of the big failures of this is that um, the federal, you know, the, eventually the FBI had to get involved because the uh, bureau chief, the Palm Beach uh, police chief, um, Michael Ryder was absolutely outraged that the prosecutor wasn't taking this seriously and moving fast enough. So they had to toss this up to the feds, which to me is absolutely insane, right? That you're that you're going to have your state prosecutor, your district prosecutor. I'm not sure which one it was. Um, not even take this seriously. And so by the time it was all said and done, the federal officials identified 36 girls, as some of whom are as young as 14, that he had allegedly sexually abused. Hmm. Yeah, terrible stuff. And it also I mean, goes on what happened to it at the federal level. It got passed on to Alexander Acosta. Uh, and a direct quote from him was, I was told Epstein, and then quotations again, 
belong to intelligence in quotation and to leave it alone. So not only, I mean, it stinks of kind of the Charles Manson treatment where we see a guy who clearly is a dangerous society who's going around as I mean, all but been convicted of child prostitution, child rape and, and abduction. And somebody higher up in the, the ranks is coming down to pass the word down that, hey, you're not even allowed to prosecute this guy. You got to cut him yep. loose. And he snatched it right off from under the chief's desk, the local chief's desk. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And all over. Happens all over. Happens time and time again. And we see this with so many different echelons of government as well. It's not, it's not even like just going after these pedophiles, but time and time again, again, because we follow the money and we see who knows who or whose daughter's married to who or, um, you know, who has these fundraisers or these, these donation events and, and who's giving money, you know, pouring money into the, you know, other, other entities. Um, and we see it constantly, see it constantly. I just, it, it just kind of piqued my curiosity. Um, and I have my laptop here. That's, that's what you're seeing on my glasses, that, that reflection, but uh, <laughs> you mentioned the death or I'm sorry, you mentioned 1996 and I was okay. Well, that's, that's around the same time that princess Diana, uh got whacked in that tunnel <laughs> um interesting and she died uh mid mid or she died august 31st or mid 1997 very very shortly after epstein's first first you know slap on slap on the hand and i know that the royal family had very close ties and other names in uh uh the maxwell name the maxwell house as mm-hmm. well and uh in gb had very very close ties with Epstein and very close ties with uh, with um, you know, with his business and his donations as well. Uh, oh. I just that to be a coincidence how how short those two timelines were together and how how things started to unravel after the interview that Diana had as well, uh, Princess Diana had as well. Uh, I believe a BBC uh, that it was earlier that year. Yeah, and I know that uh, not that I know a lot about the Diana story, but I know that a lot of what got her kind of pushed to the wayside with the royal family was her desire not to follow convention. She didn't yeah. want to be the the princess in the window. She wanted to be out there helping people. Um, yep. And when you have a, a large conspiratorial circle of pedophiles, that's not a good person to have within the know in that group. No, no, her heart was too pure. And, and uh, well, I mean, I, I don't want to say it caught up to her, but the Royal family caught up to her um, because she, she knew what they were doing. I feel. And she knew the consequences and she was okay with that as long as it meant, you know, truth coming out and helping people. That's really interesting. I wish I'd have caught onto that before we got you on here. I've never even thought about there being a connection between the two nope. to, to do some research yeah. for that. I'm definitely going to be doing some reading after that. That's really interesting. Well, connection. Well, there were already, well, there were already huge connections uh, with Epstein and that, and that started to come through, through Gillian Maxwell. Uh, her father was, was a big conglomerate with the media out there or, or I think a newspaper. Mm-hmm. Or and you know and magazine etc. Uh, but he had a lot of pull and play because he owned a lot of media out there. Well, you know who do, who who loves the media? Of course, the elites because you know they wanna they want the public to see things in their favor. Obviously, uh, we see that in every big you know first world, second and third world country as well. Um, so I know that shortly after Epstein and Galen Maxwell right started getting into cahoots with each other, uh, we we saw the the royal family really start to catch ties uh, with Epstein as well. Mm. I just, the real, real coincidental. Uh, when I heard 1996, I'm like, wow, that, that, that's really close to some other, you know, really big events as well uh, to try to keep everything on the hush hush. So. See, and that is exactly why I said we needed to reach out to public hang for pedophiles for this episode already. <laughs> We're like 20 <laughs> minutes in, you've already found something. I didn't <laughs> a nice connection there. It's just, 
it's crazy, dude. Hey, here you go again, right? Follow the money. <laughs> That's right. No, you are absolutely right. That is a, an edict of conspiracy that I push a lot on people is uh, when somebody's telling me the earth is flat, it's like, well, who is benefiting from the earth being flat? That's a, the litmus test we need for these kind of conspiracies. But then when you have one like Epstein and you go, well, who benefits from Epstein being uh, covered up suicide in prison? Turns out a, a hell lot of, of a lot of powerful people yeah. who have the ability to hire people to do that sort of thing. A lot yep. of very powerful people. Yeah, it is. It is crazy, too, because um, the police chief was also quoted. Um, he uh, characterized the grand jury proceedings as, quote, the worst failure in the U.S. criminal justice system in modern times. And then, the, you know, this escalated to then the federal level where Mr. Acosta was responsible for the abdication, which is absolutely so a question that when we were prepping for this episode, Logan asked me is like, what is what is a more scandalous happening in the criminal justice system right like i know that you we can talk about the you know we can talk about the uh the policy of mass incarceration for black people with yeah. crack versus like cocaine jim, jim crow laws you know, i mean we can talk about some pretty systemic problems but i cannot think of a single like a, a sole person that just like the treatment the the way that everybody tried to make this go away and then just like the actual thing, because we what we know, right, is then he was arrested on July 6, 2019, on federal charges for sex trafficking of minors in Florida and New York. A month later, he is found dead in his jail cell on August 9th, and the medical examiner ruled his death a suicide. Which to me, it's one of those things, especially like, oh, the tapes cut out during that time period the two guards are asleep and it's one of those like you can like how many things do you stack up before you're like how many coincidences do you need before it's like come on guys you really did you really think that you know all of these things just happen to happen with no related and now he's just dead right the person that can actually blow the lid off this whole thing the person that they have, I mean, they've got his flight logs. He is the sole witness that they need to unravel probably, you know, a huge coastal elite pedophile ring. You know, the politicians are involved in it. All of your big Hollywood stars are involved in it. There's any anybody with high pro, you're right. There's so many high profile names attached to it. And you're telling me that the one person that can link all of these people to the heinous crime of molesting children suddenly just died in his jail cell and that's not a little bit suspicious to you right this was a uh, i guess we buried the lead on it a little bit this is where i'd put into the notes uh do you think epstein killed himself obviously we've all kind of bear, uh, put our hats in the ring already for the did not kill himself category well, yes, he yes he did i'm just throwing out i'm just i'm just being the resident conspiracy theorist of course he killed himself yeah, of course he did. I would I would even go as far to say I could see him having killed himself, but I bet you it wasn't his own idea if that was the case. I, I could see him wrapping the, the noose around his neck and rolling off the bed. And even that with the six the percent chance of people within his age category destroying the I believe the hyoid bone is the name of it. Uh, that typically only happens when it's uh, a case of a homicide and somebody strangling you from behind. And you get strangled to death. <laughs> I can buy all of that. However, it does seem, again, with cameras being out and guards being asleep with the man, uh, I think I even read that he may not have been directly on suicide watch any longer, but was still kind of on an advanced surveillance, depending on however they word that kind of thing. Nevertheless, this is a man who is obviously high profile, who's meant to 
go in front of a jury in court and and uh, to be interrogated to try to purse out some of the details of who we can figure out these pedophiles are and arrest them. It's somebody that we every the entire nation wants this guy to be alive to answer for these crimes. Right. And yet he's allowed to kill himself. I, I think that that at the very least, even if it was by his own hand, it was certainly encouraged uh, via a little bit of blackmail and some threats to maybe friends and family members that were still on the outside to encourage him to do so. Crazy. I don't I don't think he killed himself. And I feel <laughs> or for anybody listening and for those who truly, truly do think he did kill himself in <laughs> uh, in the world of educating and education, uh, you need to read more. Uh, you will find a lot and you need to read numbers and you will find a lot. Yeah, definitely. Even in my theory of uh, encouraged suicide, there are several things I had to make little verbal hurdles over there. Uh, the hyoid bone, the cameras going out. You still have to explain so many things to be like, and then he killed himself. Right. <laughs> it probably right. is much more likely uh, especially with the cameras going out right before he died, that they sent somebody into that room to kill that man. Yeah, it's it's pretty wild too because I think it's such a bold stance to believe that he did kill himself and that none of these conspiracies line up. Right? I don't because it's like I, I, I Logan and I definitely lean on the more conspiratorial side, and I think that's just by being a student of history, right? Operation yeah. Northwoods. Yeah, you know um, the people MLK that I ultra. All I mean, you, the, it just the list. I can I can ramble off things that our government has done that is super <laughs> shady all yeah, day they're, long. They're the people in my life that I know that don't believe in any of the conspiratorial stuff I believe in are the people who have never once Googled any of those things or done any research on them. I feel like anybody who actually does their reading, much to your point, <laughs> is that if you actually research any of this, it's pretty hard to come out of this and not have any adverse feelings about it. Truly. It truly is. It's crazy, man. It's so crazy. And you, and you can't even like do a Google search. Like you can't even you can't even like go places where you, you know, I said that I said that to Matt as we were researching it. I was like, I have to switch to DuckDuckGo because I'm getting yeah. absolutely nothing useful out of Google. Yes, truly. Unbelievable. Which which is actually like a good way to kind of move into, you know, just just some open ended conversations and questions. Right. Because I mean, so what are your thoughts, Mr. Hangings, about all of these powerful financiers, politicians and hope and high profile personalities that are associated with them? I mean, what's for me, I look at it and I say it's rotten to the core. Right. When all of these people are associated like you were saying earlier, right? This whole like, oh, guilt, it was only one flight. I can't imagine getting on a plane, right? And like being associated with anybody like that. That to me is just absolutely heinous, right? And I mean, so here's some, and I think that the the real question is, is like, I think it just doesn't help with this whole conspiracy that the elites are kid rapers, right? Like this does, this is not help the story one bit if you're if you're out to try to defend it so i was just like what are your thoughts on i mean what do you think about all of these big i mean we're talking about a couple of ex-presidents that are that are associated with this man yeah you're talking you're talking elites and 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 you know where, wherever elites could be you're talking about elites there and you know in those areas uh, whether it be hollywood whether it be internationally you know with other uh big family names um politicians of course um and even like with you know throughout sports as well uh there's no way you know that i think well okay first off uh, it's 
coincidence that so many of them just stay quiet. So many of them stay quiet. Such a coincidence about that. You know, not, not a lot of people are going to speak out. And, you know, for those who do speak out extremely quickly, they, they lose things like sponsorships. They lose things like, uh, like rights to certain, to certain, you know, voice and certain opinions. They start losing platforms, you know, or, or start losing deals, maybe going on to movies or, or being associated with certain, um, with certain gatherings and certain events that happen. Uh, you'll see a lot of that as well. So very, very, very coincidental that, um, we see silence, all right? Like immediately, like just nobody wants to speak up on it. Um, and if they do, it's very, very short-lived. It's extremely short-lived and it catches no attention. It doesn't pick up. It doesn't start to snowball. Um, it's, you have to be really against the bone or really against the grain. Uh, and a good example might be somebody like Elon Musk. Elon Musk, I think, has enough power and he's maybe a little crazy with his words, right, to catch a lot of attention into into right, get the ball rolling with, you know, whatever he might say, um, like what he was saying about, you know, to the UN, when the UN says, oh, well, somebody like Elon Musk can help this, and, you know, and then Elon Musk having the following that he has, you know, but you got to be that crazy, you got to be that crazy, you got to be someone with a track record of, right, being a, you know, wild, like, uh, what's his name, that guy Jones, um, Alex Jones, Alex Jones, there you go, right, someone like Alex Jones could say something crazy, and that'll catch on, you know, or like if Joe Rogan says something, because, you know, they have the track record for it. But but these athletes, these these celebrities throughout Hollywood and these politicians, none of them have a track record of really being against the grain. Um, so you saw a lot of silence with that. And so I think I think that's that's the one thing that I really caught on to and something that I saw. Um, and it was crazy. But but that's what I think on it. It's it's wild. I think the other pattern I would point out there is uh, people who have their own standalone empires. Uh, Alex Jones can't be fired by anybody. Joe Rogan, Elon Musk, they all own their own thing. Um, so that's a lot of it too, is a little bit of, you got to be brave first of all, but you also uh, a little easier to be brave when you aren't worried about your job getting yanked out from under you. And, and unfortunate that we don't have people who would be morally upstanding enough. I would hope that if I was faced with that, that somebody was going to tear my job away with me, if I didn't expose them as a pedophile, uh, that I would say, fuck it, I'm going to find another job because I'm sure as hell not going to let that fly uh, anywhere. I can stand to stop it. But um, I don't know, I guess uh, as much as I feel that way, I feel hesitant to blame others for it. But at the same time, as that leaves my mouth, I feel like, God, there, I could not, couldn't live in a, a scenario where I wouldn't be willing to do that myself. I couldn't look at myself in the mirror anymore. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And how, so, how do, sorry, go ahead. Oh, no worries. Something that we mentioned on our last podcast, last time we all got together was the fact that it's so, so hard to stomach. And it, it's, it's really a hard conversation to open up when you truly get down to the details of, um, of what happens to the victim right or what happens to these survivors for those who do survive uh it's it's so hard to stomach for most people to talk and it's we're not calloused enough uh to maturely have that conversation and to maturely listen to each other with open ears um that that is that i feel that's another reason as to why it doesn't get brought up uh because like i said right if somebody does get you know if somebody does bring it up there there's not enough there's not enough people there's not enough of us Right. Hopping on that and saying, yeah, you know, we do want answers or, yeah, you know, I definitely agree with that and, and share that post and get this spread and get that going. Right. Call your local media outlet or call the big media, the big media outlets, right. The mainstream media, call them. And, and we don't have enough of that. Um, 
it's I wonder it, it uh, the the slogan. It was kind of a blunt object during the Me Too movement, but the "Believe All Women" slogan. Uh, obviously, it's not uh, a good policy to live by. There are plenty of uh, liars and and deceivers of all genders. Uh, but the point of that was to help these victims come forward because there are so many people who don't report these kind of crimes because they're it's they look at the numbers and they go, what's the point? Nothing's going to happen. Nothing ever happens for these people. Uh, so it, it really discourages the victims kind of to your exact point there. And, and then as a nation, when we see the largest pedophile ring that we've ever uncovered and all the elites within it, and then the nothing happens, what kind of message are we sending to the victims, the young, young women and, and men who are abducted in this, that man, you don't have a shot. You can't, uh, our president of the United States, uh, goes through a sex scandal and they drag Monica Lewiski through the mud just because she's not on the in group. Right. Yep. And so I agree with that. Uh, partly, or I agree with that maybe halfway, um, you know, for example, you know, this big sticker drop that we did with the sticker pack, it was truly about believing the victim and believing them 100%. Um, there's nothing wrong. And I feel like, especially when we, when we think in terms of believing the survivor and believing the victim, um, I feel, and PHFP, our views, are to believe them 100%. Because if it ends up being a lie, you know what? At the end of the day, you can walk away with you. Well, you know what? I'd rather believe the survivor than believe the accused or the, or the, potential, um, the potential perpetrator. All right? Because if it ends up not being a perpetrator, hey, that's okay. All assets and all allocated uh, time and energy can, give, can be given right back to those that were innocent, truly innocent, all right? And not those that were lied. But the second you don't, and because more often than not, right, they tell the truth. And more often than not, it's, it, it, is, it is rape that happened and it is sexual assault and sexual abuse that happened or harassment most of the time. I think, I think that's something that we can all agree on, especially when it comes forward. But if you don't have that full belief in them and you don't gain that full trust in the survivor, you don't, you're, you, you've, you've already started to lose because they don't have the, they don't have the willingness to really pour their heart out into those specialists that are fighting hard, fighting extremely fast to gather as much evidence and to gather as much uh, truth to bring to court and to bring to justice. Um, so, but going back to what you were saying, I, I, I noticed that most of the time when we don't give them that full belief, it just, it, it incentivizes the survivors and, and the victims who wanted to stay quiet. And then we end up getting these outrageous numbers and nothing's being done because they're also not coming out. So that's one thing that I do admire the Me Too movement is that they did encourage people to come out. Now they focus mostly on the workplace and they focused on, uh, on, on oh, the, the word I'm looking for to kind of like to, to, to build their courage to come out and to build their courage to, um, to, for them to speak. It doesn't help that, you know, they're speaking, you know, maybe 20 years or five years later. I mean, even a whole year later, you can't gather, you can't gather, you know, evidence and you can't gather a lot. Like you're missing a lot even a year after or, you know, maybe a few weeks after. Um, but I, I think it is important if we have more believers to the survivor and we have more believers to those, right, claiming to be victim. Um, I feel like the odds, though, of that, of that truth coming out and the odds of having more support, uh, can happen because because the the more cases that we win by gaining their trust the more the more we'll see in these local media outlets and the more that people will be exposed to cases being won uh cases coming more to truth and coming to light and then i think that second and third order effects of that would be more people 
getting involved in the fight and getting involved to say, hey, you know what? We do see these numbers. That is outrageous. And it looks like nothing's happening. But now, you know, I want to get involved because I'm starting to see more success every time these things come to trial. Um, I hope I kind of wrap that up nicely. Um, oh, you did a great job, really actually. Good, yeah. yeah, that was that was a fantastic explanation. I think it was a really good point you made, too, in that why not believe them? Why not go after every one of these? And right. if our court system is working correctly, it's hard enough to convict the guilty members that somebody who's not guilty shouldn't theoretically and granted there are lapses within the court system that we we've all heard of but correct it, it should be next to impossible to convict somebody who didn't actually rape somebody uh, because it's so hard anyway just to get uh, a conviction of an actual rapist and, I, and you're probably can can speak to that you're a lot closer to that issue than we are but it is like you said when it's five years later it's like where do you even begin to look for evidence of this to to convict this person right and that's, i think that's where the me too movement ran into a lot of trouble and and hit that hit that wall of resistance because a great, you know, you want to use the hashtag me too. And, and, and again, all props to them. I, I appreciate the me too movement. Like I, you know, give credit where credit's due, but the other side of the coin to that is you can't get nothing done after, after a few weeks of, of, of it happening, you know, let alone, you know, five, 10, 20 years, there's no evidence to collect. There's no clothes to collect after that long, you know? So you really end up, you really end up, they end up shooting themselves in the foot. Um, and it's extremely unfortunate. I'm not saying that, you know, to throw it in their face. I'm really not, but it's extremely unfortunate that they shoot themselves in the foot because then when you do that, now it's seen as a failure because now you try to go through the due process and the due process fails because you weren't fast enough right away. And what ended up probably happening earlier on when it did happen is that they didn't have that full belief. They probably didn't have that trust. They were scared on top of being probably threatened, right. With their life or with their family's lives. Right. So it ends up shooting themselves in the foot and that's unfortunate. Yeah, and just at the age of a lot of these girls. I mean, if you're 14 years old, how hard is it to manipulate a 14 year old into second guessing if it was rape? You know, it's Absolutely. it's not difficult to twist the words around of a 14 year old and confuse them. I mean, <laughs> so even to, an 18 year old, right? I mean, there's that's, and I think that's there's like a there's a really deep conversation that we that I think that you nailed earlier that we maybe we don't have the testicular fortitude as a society to really approach this with the with the with the intentions and the open hearts and ears that we really need because I think one of the things that really jumps out to my mind is how 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 many of these victims and survivors feel this overwhelming amount of shame and how hard it is to come out and actually speak this when you feel guilty that you allowed this to happen or you feel guilty that this happened to you, right? And it's this like internalized victimhood. And I think that you nailed it. And I'd never really looked at it that way until you said what you did. Because if you think about like, what is the culture in 1996? What is the culture in 2005? What is the culture in 2009? What is even the culture in 2019? Right. There's this there's there's a big shift from 96 to 2019, where earlier, I mean, how many of those victims came forward? Because I'd heard something um, when I was reading up on this, uh, that, that the FBI compiled um, 80 stories of this happening and were able to identify and talk to over 60 girls. Right. Who were anywhere from the ages of 14 to 18 when these occurrences had happened. Right. And so it's when you have 60 people that you can finally that you can talk to and they have corroborating evidence, right? Oh, like, oh, I've been in that room. Can you describe the room? Oh, it sounds like this. And you look and it's like, well, 40 other girls said the exact same thing about what this room looks like. And that room is in his house, right? And I think the, the hard conversation that I think that 
as this we as the supporters of survivors and victims really need to start having is like like opening up and having like you know quote unquote safe space to have these conversations about it because it's got to be hard i can't imagine i literally I literally cannot wrap my head around like going through that, surviving that, and then being asked to talk about it with a police, like sitting in a room with a light blaring in your face and a microphone shoved in. It's like, can you describe what just happened over the last 48 hours in detail? So, you know, like that's a really hard conversation. And I think that that is very poignant that that we should approach this um, with, with like an open, with an open heart to believe these victims, because I think that that is also one of the things that, that you know better than than we would, that that often is lost in this, right? Because even in this conversation, now we've shifted focus to it, but earlier, we're talking about Jeffrey Epstein. We're talking about these elites. What we're not talking about is what these, what, what these victims and survivors have gone through on our way to this story, right? I mean, we're talking about countless heinous acts that are occurring week in, week out, night after night, day after day. And like you said, it, you said it best on our first episode, cocaine's a drug that you use one, two, three, four times, you know, you use it and it's gone. A person yeah. is not, a person is the product that sticks around that, you know, you don't, you just don't snort a person and it's gone and you go buy another bag, right? That sticks around and it's a product. And it's a shame that, that we even, that, that a human being is commoditized like that to be sold as a product. I just think there's a lot of like really hard conversations that we need to be having, but it's like almost nobody really wants to talk about them because it makes us deal with some very uncomfortable things. Well, it's right. football season right now. So we'll get to it after the Super Bowl, less <laughs> news cycle. Yeah. Like, and kind of, kind of going with what you said also, and, and this, I, w- I want to try to bring it back to the elitism and I want to bring it back to the Epstein sure. and, and right. The big money talking, right. The big bank, take little bank and shit like that. Um, a perfect example of that, right, is when uh, when Donald Trump was president, and you know he's pouring all this money into anti uh, anti human trafficking and and anti you know pedophilia and whatnot into into echelons and entities of government, you know who are fighting this, um, you know, and you can pour so much money into it, but the same way how Jeffrey Epstein pours money into the jail that he just so coincidentally is staying in, right. And he's putting money into money, which, by the way, is unaccounted for. Like, there's no accountability of any of this money, right? Like, 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 no one's keeping tabs on these taxpayers' money or money coming from these individuals' organizations that are donating. All right, so you put money into that person's pocket, and now you really don't have belief in the victim because, I mean, you're getting paid. You have this monetary value that holds a place in your head, right? As as a chief or or as you know the head of these organizations. All right. So now it makes it even more difficult to believe those who are elites. But all this money that maybe Trump's pouring into the system or all this money. And the reason why I'm using Trump is because it comes out in conversation. Oh, well, Trump, you know, gave all this money to so and so and gave all this money to this agency and that agency. All right. Jeffrey Epstein did the same thing. Right. Weinstein did the same thing. Like there's so many people that just pour this money into people. But and it's that that is such a huge blockade for people as well, because now Right, going back into the belief of the victim that you really don't believe them. But now by seeing that one good, you forget about all the things that they've done bad. Right. And yes, right. I give credit where credit's due. I do appreciate that Trump poured a lot of money into that, but it doesn't make me blind to the fact that Trump had maybe that one flight, the countless visits over the house, right? The being part of the same organizations, all right, down in Florida and in, in Key Largo. Mm-hmm. All right, going parties and going to the same events and the galas and 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 going to the same uh, arts. 
art, art, uh, I'm saying events again, right? Art events, et cetera. So it doesn't, it doesn't exclude just because somebody does that one good thing. People really need to be cognizant of this and take things with a grain of salt because you need to look past those one good things. You need to see everything laid out on the table. Mm-hmm. It's, it's so quick. And, and these pedophiles, they know what they're doing, right? These fucking elites, they know what they're doing. They know that by doing one good act, it just, it, it turns off the light of all those other bad things. And they're good. These guys are good at it. It's like, oh, something bad's coming up. All right, time, time to distract them with something else, right? Hold this event or put a lot of money into, into this organization. Same way these pharmaceutical companies do the due to these politicians, right? A lot of these lobbyists, they do the same exact thing. The same way you see in, 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 in medical practice and the medical field in that world. And the same thing you see with Hollywood, right? Somebody really wants to get in on this and then they'll pour money into this or that. And we, we see it all over. And these elites all around are really good with it. We're seeing it now with elites also, uh, you know, in, in, in the sports industry. You got all these athletes. They don't want to talk about this pedophilia, right? Or they're real, real quiet about maybe, you know, abuse going on in China, right? In these concentration camps that are well, that are alive in China, right? Because they have a movie deal or they have advertisements and sponsorships that have absolute ties and absolute hands in these different countries or with these other elites, Um it's, we see it time and time again, and that's a huge issue as well, because the people, right, we, we get so blinded, and and something else that we we discussed in our last podcast, right, was instant gratitude, or I'm sorry, instant gratification, right? We get that on our, we get that on, like you know, in our hands, we get that on our on out of out of our phones, you know, you'll be on social media and you see that instant gratification, and bam, you automatically just forget about everything that happened. It's it's our responsibility to always keep our head in the swivel. And I know I say it a lot of my posts and I know I say, you keep your head a lot, you know, on a swivel at the gas station or a Costco or, you know, at the mall, right. Wherever you may be, but you need to keep your head in the swivel on social media, on what you're reading and at the information that you're soaking in as well, because you, if we don't take things with a grain of salt, it's really easy to get distracted from what the, the big fight might be for, you know, for you, for me, uh, for everybody. Yeah, that's really that's really powerful, which I think is another thing that I wanted to talk to you about, and it's a perfect segue. Um, there seems to be a media void when it comes to covering sexual assaults, sex trafficking, and other heinous really heinously related crimes, you know, that that our our news feed is filled with all of these terrible things, right? Because if it leads, it bleeds, controversy sells, um, conflict is sexy is another term I heard in the journalism class in college, right? All of those things are true, but it would seem that I don't – what's really interesting is the disconnect between, like, real people and the news that they watch, right? Because there is this huge media void, and I want you to – I want to get your thoughts on that. But I think, it, like, most people – I would think 99.999999% of people on this planet look at these type of crimes, and they say they're absolutely disgusting. And they have no tolerance for them in any way, shape, or form. And you would think, though, as, like – as a media outlet trying to serve your community, it would do well to out your local pedophiles, to out your local sex offenders, because I think that it would take care of, the, the problem would take care of itself eventually, right? I remember seeing this a couple of weeks ago where there was a dead, um, there was someone dead found in New York with um, so, some, like a sign around their neck and it says, I like to touch little girls, right? Everybody walks up to that scene and it, nobody, nobody cries. Everybody just goes kind of, hmm, all right, well, street street justice has been f- performed, like frontier justice, right? No one's opposed to that. And so I think it's really wild, though, that 
that our media outlets don't spend more time and effort actually talking about it because it's happening in every community, right? I know that it's happening in the community that I'm in. Um, maybe not the one that I'm specifically in, but I know that there's a community that's right across the mountain from me, that this is going on. But nothing, but you know, there's no coverage of that in the newspaper. There's no talk about what the police are doing. There's no talk of investigations into these people. And it's just shocking that that they choose to stay silent. And it's a choice, right? They, yeah. they choose to stay silent on this. It definitely is a choice. And then just to even make it worse, another incident, this happened recently, where in Philadelphia, I believe it was, um, Philadelphia or Pittsburgh, I want to say Philly, um, on the subway station, right? Someone gets raped in the middle of a train car or, or the subway car, and nobody does anything. Everybody watched. Uh, Everybody was, watched and pulled out their cell phones. I was mind blown. I was absolutely mind blown. How does nobody not do anything during a situation like that? You have a car full of people, even if it's not full of people, even if there was one more other person on that, on that car, how do you not do something? How, how, how do you have, and again, this goes back to the intestinal fortitude that you said, there is no damn intestinal fortitude. And then to even make matters worse, last year, somewhere in the Pacific Northwest, I think it just came out today though on the news, or at least I posted it on my story with a few other pages that posted it. Um, a father, a father had a 19 year old daughter up in the Pacific Northwest, I don't know if it was Washington or Oregon, uh, ends up killing the ex-boyfriend, ends up killing the 19-year-old ex-boyfriend um, because the the boyfriend, it, I mean, yeah, ex-boyfriend because he's dead now. <laughs> so the, boy, <laughs> the boyfriend ended up getting the, the girlfriend at the time, you know, into sex trafficking. Unbelievable. But, and, and to tie the point off, the father gets a million-dollar bail, $1 million for bail because he killed somebody for protecting a life, which I know here in Texas, if you kill somebody for protecting a life or protecting your own life, it's okay. In most cases, it's all right. The courts will, will acknowledge that and the state of Texas will uphold that and say, no, you protected a life by kill, by unfortunately taking another life. But this father, a father at that for his own daughter, that is unbelievable for his own daughter kills this kid because he's got her sex trafficked and has a $1 million bail. I was baffled baffled because I know that that the month before I started PHFP and this is what really wanted to help me start PHFP is that there was some guy in Wyoming that has a $500 bail and it wasn't his first time fucking kids right he's been doing it over and over again it wasn't his first time getting in trouble with the law but he ends up he ends up having a $500 bail I put $500 down just to reserve a slot for buying my truck unbelievable unbelievable so then really right and this is me tying it together I think that's another reason why people don't, they don't have the intestinal fortitude to go out and really, and really want to help because it's like, okay, if I take it into my own hands, I'm going to get jail for X amount of years, right. For killing somebody or even just for harming somebody and then have this outrageous amount that I know I can't pay. I know my family can't pay that shit a million dollars. I know most people can't pay that unless, unless you're probably an elite. All right. And then these perpetrators get a $500, maybe a few thousand here and there, right. You see it in the news all the time. And then you just get off scotch-free. And you think a list, you think keeping them on a list is going to keep them safe? You think keeping them on a list is going to keep them away from the schools or away from the parks again? They go right back into these communities all over again. But the people that want to try to do good, the people that really, that, that don't want to take their phones out or that really do want to help, you know, they, they can't. They can't. Or, I mean, they can. I mean, I mean, they definitely can. I know I would. I'm sure you two would as well. But, yeah, most people that don't want to. They have a job that they don't want to lose, maybe a family that they don't want to stop feeding, this and that. And I'm sorry, but for me, if it means my daughter 
or my son. Yeah, absolutely. I'm sorry. Absolutely. But I'm killing somebody over that. Yeah, I can definitely sympathize with that message. I, I did see that story uh, myself as well, where he, I believe he beat him to death with a center brick, which, uh, uh, you know, nothing's nothing's going to bring your daughter. But, and I, I assume the daughter's still missing. Correct. I, I don't haven't read that much into it. I can't I can't recall right now. I, mean, I read so many articles. <laughs> My, yeah, but, I mean, I would imagine if he was to the point where it was time to bust some guy's head in with a brick. I, I imagine that's not reading good news for his daughter. And and I mean, that's something I can sympathize with that. I there are women in my life who are not even related to me in blood that if, if they went missing and I knew the person who abducted them to send them into a life of slavery and sex trafficking, it'd be pretty hard for me not to murder that dude with my bare hands. If I got a hold of them. Right. Right. And I would hope that uh, we have a lot more people like that. Excuse me. Go ahead. No, no, it's all good. It's okay. Uh, so it, it, it was just crazy to me when I, when I saw that bail amount and then, and then what, what you said, Matt, had just, you know, reminded me of that. It's, there's no intestinal fortitude to do anything. And for most people, I mean, for one, most people can't even stomach the thought of, of having a mature conversation about it and really getting into detail and let alone doing something about it, let alone stopping the act. It's unbelievable. That's crazy, well, man. It screams, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's always the civilizational stock market, as Dan Carlin likes to call it. You know, hard times make strong men, strong men make good times, good times make weak men. We're in and weak men make hard times, right? We're in that process. We're in that transition from weak men to hard times, you know, and I think that it's like you can even say just weak people, right? But I think that, you know, there is something to be said about uh, specifically when a train full of men stand by and do nothing to watch a crime like that goes down that says everything. Unfortunately, that is the only thing that you need to know about our society, right? That says, that says, unfortunately, everything that you need to know that, that that's that we have no, we have no stomach for confrontation. Right. And I know that's something that a lot of people really misconstrue, right? Cause I'm a, I'm a huge believer in the non-aggression principle, right? It is immoral to initiate force. Um, it is um, we do not hit kids and we do not take their stuff. However, there is a caveat that it must be stressed unless it is in self-defense of yourself or other people, right? There's, there's nothing wrong with throwing somebody out of a moving train who is going to do that. There's nothing wrong. I mean, you know, as, if anything, it's like check one for society, right? I mean, like the world's a better place. And I know that this is, um, this is going on right now, right? They started the Kyle Rittenhouse trial yesterday with jury selection, um, for I and I, I really want to do an episode on that one. Maybe we should do the next Liberty Orchard. I was told that you want to hop in on that one, so let's just bring it on and go I for do. it. But do. yep, and I, I love going, I love talking about that too. You can get it. <laughs> yeah. So and so, but when you look at the details, right? I know one of those guys is a convicted sex offender. As far as I'm concerned, some some 17 year old kid running around who shoots a 17 uh, who shoots a sex offender in the dome penalties offset. Kyle, Kyle Rittenhouse goes free, right? He's done society a net plus. Should he have been there? Probably not. Was that situation absolutely fucked? Yes, it is. However, let's like let's at least give the kid a little bit of kudos, right? That's like one person that we don't need on our streets. That's one, you know, the world's actually a better place. And I think that I know a lot of people have a hard time accepting that and saying that out loud, that it's like sometimes the world is a better place without certain people breathing. I wholeheartedly agree. Wholeheartedly agree. It's it's wild how, well, I guess it's not wild when you really start to think about it and really start to read about it. Um, but we have events like that. 
Nobody does anything. Media gives it the spotlight for what, what'd you say? 24 to 48 hours turnaround mm-hmm. that you have. And then who, who funds and who partly owns a lot of these media outlets or the mainstream media. And it's, it's just, it's such a coincidence, man. You really start reading about it. It is, I mean, to me, to me, it's not a conspiracy theory. It's you, you follow the money and you really have the answer. There's nothing conspiracy about that. There's nothing conspiracy about that. It's, it's, it's an answer and numbers don't lie. So when you see these millions of dollars and hundreds of thousands of dollars just being thrown around left and right into different people's pockets and you really start seeing who knows who, they all know each other. They all owe something to each other. It's, it's crazy. So it's, it's not a coincidence. Um, when, when I start seeing, you know, what's going on with the media and, and what they choose to have coverage over and, and what things can be solved with just a little more attention or just a little more outreach. It's kind of like, as if like they chase views, but as soon as you get enough views, depending on what the subject is, like, all right, cut it. Let's try to get views in something else. Wild. Keep that cycle moving. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's scary too. When you think about the, and we like to say a lot on this podcast, like, Oh, it's not the, the lizard people or the, the wizard <laughs> behind the curtain of Oz that's running all this. It's not necessarily this huge conspiratorial circle of, elites that are trying to keep us down. It's just the inertia of the state. Uh, but this particular topic is one of those that makes me go like, am I wrong about that? Is it something larger? Is there, because you, right. like you said, you <laughs> see cameras go out, you see guards unattended and, and people dying. Uh, go ahead. Sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. No, no, no. Just add into your point, like circle nine, like when you start getting into that, you start getting into the Vatican and the whole Catholic system all throughout Europe, where you start getting into Bohemian Grove. I mean, I'm starting to sound like Alex Jones now. Yeah. The the faggot. It was. What did Richard Nixon say after he attended Bohemian Grove? Yeah, it was, it was the faggiest faggot, thing you've ever seen. The, faggot, the damn faggot thing I've ever seen, or something like that. <laughs> Cracks me up. Sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> no, no, no. You're good. You're good. I'm just I, like I said. I'm just adding Logan's point. Like it's it's it makes you think. Like okay, I thought I was crazy, but like the more I'm reading, like am I am I not crazy? Like am I? Am I really reading this shit right or like making connections like in my head? I mean, I'm human. I'm logical. Uh, I'm free thinking. I think for myself, you know, so like I'm I'm not I don't think I'm wrong. And the more you read and the more you see these numbers, it's like, no, dude, there's no way I'm fucking wrong. (laughs) Yeah, it's getting to the sharks are circling. There's way too much evidence at some point where it's like how does this happen? How do you explain this chain of events? It's a hell of a lot of coincidences lined up nose to tail in order for something like this to get overlooked in a Jeffrey Epstein to die. Uh, and you wonder how long, I know there was a bunch of people joking about it when Maxwell got brought in of like, Oh, well, here comes her suicide. And, and I'm, I'm glad to to see that we still have her in custody currently, at least according to the internet. Right. Yeah, right. And what a coincidence that it was at the, that on one of, one of, one of her, one of her trial dates when she was going to court um, wasn't aired on anything because that same day, Hillary Clinton was also brought to court on on emails or or about like information mission information that was missing uh, from you know some electronics that she might have had, um, mm-hmm. and which by the way that wasn't aired and you couldn't find anything like C-SPAN or nothing you know all those all those uh, all those channels and or nothing on the news about that. It's just. It's like everything that that's okay. This is kind of important. I want to try to tune into it. You can't tune into it. You can't. Yeah. And, and and for the one article that you can read, it's like it's just one article. And for someone like myself and running PHFP, I can't go off one article. 
I need I need a multi-source points. I need I need sources that cross queue with each other, right? To get good information out, accurate information, and information that can build on educating, you know, our supporters. So mm-hmm. it's it's it sucks and it's hard because it's like you're constantly fighting that. Yeah, and, right. and to your point there with the one story, like we notice that a lot of times when we go to research something that you can find 50 websites that address the story. And they're word for word verbatim the exact same story. Yeah. It's like so this got yeah. passed down to you guys to to air, yeah. and this it's was... frustrating. It's frustrating because you have all these reporters, and it's like, where's the real journalism? Where's the journalism? How it used to be in you know back in the day before social media, you know, it's it's if all these news agencies are getting this, like you said, verbatim, right, the same same article. Where's where's the investigative journalism on top of that? That that all these journalists working for all these different media outlets are you know, are doing, you don't well, see any of that. It's dead. Right. Cause I mean, think of the journalists that actually have tried to break big stories. Like look at Glenn Greenwald. Oh. Right. I mean, yeah. he broke the Snowden story. That's he got, true. he got, he got canned from the guardian. The BBC wouldn't touch him. No mainstream. So now he's now he, I think he started his own paper, the intercept. If Not I'm only correct. started his own paper, but that is now turned against him that he didn't like the direction it was going. He voiced out against it. He's no longer part of that organization. He's, so it's like, you don't even have the platform, right? Anybody, any journalist that is actually willing to speak out. I mean, you can look at Julian Assange, right? He oh. is now, and he's going to die in, he's going to die in the hands of a of the american justice system and there's no or, justice there right it's the just us system and we ain't in it um and <laughs> you know and what's his what's his crime he, he has committed no crime except exposing american war crimes right that's like there there's that that journalism that you speak of is absolutely dead and i think that that's like a really good another like good topic to explore is the sensationalization of news is entertainment right like news right. is no mm-hmm. longer the news it is like I look at Fox News, I look at CNN, I look at MSNBC, I look at one uh, was it One American News Network, I look at Newsmax, all of these. But I just see them as one big entertainment company that is out there trying to generate tax revenue or co- revenue through commercials and views. Right? There's no there's no content. There's no controversial content. Anybody that is says anything outside of the acceptable world of media is quickly dispelled. You're either a quack, you're a, you're a, you're a cuck and you're deplatformed and canceled right there's no there's no room for any sort of honest intellectual questioning of the system and something that was really really interesting to me when we were prepping for this i remembered this story right and so on april 18th 1930 the news announcer for the bbc got on the nightly program it was a 15 minute program that aired at 8:45 he got on and said there is no news to report today and then they played piano music for the remainder of the 14 minutes. You could never happen to have that today. There is no way. Oh, my God. That's crazy. No, but you're, you're 100% right. Yeah. Or like, at the, you know, the, the most extreme end of the spectrum is, you know, they get suicided. Yeah. No, you're you're right. It's just like oh oh bummer that that thing's <laughs> right because what what was his name Seth Rich the guy that was connected with the DNC that just ends up you know there's there's all of these stories of of people who 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 or the uh, Panama Papers woman who showed all the elites aren't paying their taxes and we're all getting left with a tax burden as the plebeians and then the big result of that was a couple gunshot wounds to the head. Yeah. Right. Nothing. And but here's the crazy thing, right? And I think that this is just like goes right in the conversation and then like the 24 hour news cycle too. We had the Panama papers 
right? We had we had written evidence that the that the global elite, the rich among us, were getting together to hide their tax money. And for I mean, honestly, taxation is theft, so I, I don't particularly care about that episode. But what is important is that somebody came out and showed us evidence, say, hey, look, there's a cabal and all of these people are getting together to make sure that, you know, they can they can script the system, make sure the system works for us. And what happens? Literally nothing. Nothing ever comes of it except she dies. Like, right. She gives her life in pursuit of of exposing this truth, this groundbreaking truth that we should have rioted and eaten the rich that day, as they see, as they say. And what happened? We went on with our day because the next day there's literally something else to distract us. And then what does she do? She pays the ultimate price for that with her life. And what did we do? We just move on with our life. Donald Trump said, what about Mexicans today in a tweet? How dare he? You know, it's it's crazy that that's like that's where our priorities are and this news cycle. And I feel like it was really um, it's really solidified in it. And it it was ramped up under Donald Trump. Right. Because um, there was so many things. The legacy media was just so wrapped up into everything that he did. There was no way to keep up. And in the process of just flooding us with, oh, my God, Donald Trump said what today? Oh, my God, he did what today? Oh, my God, this happened. Oh, he is the most terrible human being. Oh, the Roger Stone's house got raided. You know, like all of these things. There's no room for anything that actually should be what they should be talking about. And then what else, you know, everything that should be news is buried. And then now we're left with like the 24 hour news cycle of what the president said, what some outrageous Congress person said, right. And it happens on both sides. I literally do not care what AOC said. And I do not care if Marjorie Taylor Greene says something about Jewish space leaders causing California wildfires, right. Do not care. What we should be talking about is all of these other meaningful things. But I definitely feel like I care a lot more about what AOC is wearing on any given day than what she's actually saying. <laughs> Fair. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> which, don't, which don't even get me started. Laughing at us. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean it's 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 a big club and we ain't in it, right? Yep. And I think that it's as soon as these people are allowed in, it's amazing to see how quickly. They how how quickly the tone changes, right? And it, it's crazy though. Like the, this twenty four hour news cycle, though, I think that is one of the is one of the most damning things that the that the information age has actually brought us, right? Like we are so inundated with so much information, it's hard to sift out there what's real, what's not, and beyond that, what's even important. You know, like we're like I think the work that you do is absolutely fantastic, and it is it is the some of the most fucking important work that we need to be doing as a society. No one talks about it. Nobody cares. And that's the problem is that nobody cares. Yeah, and it unfortunately comes back to that almighty dollar again. To that point, I mean they they're still talking about Donald Trump right now on CNN because that's what got them huge ratings. They had record viewing over that four years of Donald Trump. That was a, a lifesaver. Uh, a life draft to the a dying industry of, of news where they got this character they could vilify and get the, the masses stirred up against. Um, I wonder how much of that plays into too, with a, a subject like pedophilia, like you said, the, the intestinal fortitude required to even tackle this concept, to even have the conversation. I wonder if that's something that the average American doesn't have a stomach for and therefore does not generate the same kind of ratings as whatever the orange man did this afternoon. <laughs> Close to nothing in comparison. <laughs> Close to nothing in comparison. 
sad. It's sad, dude. It's so sad. It really wanna, is. I don't want to read an article earlier today, you know, about a father killing somebody over the protection of his daughter. As much as I support that, I do. I support it, right? Mm-hmm. That's a good father. You can't throw no amount of evidence in that father's face or tell him that the justice system is going to work itself out for his daughter to keep him from feeling outraged and to keep him from being homicidal. There's no amount of evidence that will ever that will ever calm him down. He doesn't care about that, you know. Yeah, we should uh, crowdfund five million dollars to get that man out of jail and get him a bass, hey. Batman mask and a hammer. That's badass. <laughs> and same thing with the Alaskan Avenger too. But he has yeah, no. Right. He didn't even kill anybody, and he has no bail. So he, wait, what's what's this story? The Alaskan Avenger. I'm yeah, I'm not familiar. Enlighten me, please. So, uh, you know, just, just so I get it correctly, right, because I'm horrible with, like, calling things back to memory verbatim. Uh, but I'll get his name so that the viewers can also look him up. Uh, but I'll give you guys the bluff real quick while I type it. That he ended up taking a ballpoint hammer or ended up taking a hammer to a few uh, known pedophiles' heads while they were sleeping and were, like, in the middle of the night. Yeah, and I think so- he was using the sex offender list, I believe, wasn't he? To- yeah. Yeah, I believe it was three people. He went after them and didn't kill anybody. But, you know, being a being a man of his word, right, when he got brought up to, uh, to court, he owned up to it. Yep, I did it. Pleaded guilty and then kept him in jail. No bail. Unbelievable for trying to do the right thing, trying to do the right thing. But yet these people were just on a list as if a list is just going to keep them out of harm's way or keep them away from kids and keep harm from none. Unbelievable. I feel like a lot of times, too, that people need to embrace more in the court system. It's a a jury of your peers. And the reason for that is that you have that leeway to decide what is morally just, not just what is the letter of the law in that instant. And I feel like too many people have just become inundated with this idea that they're there to carry out the the inertia of the state rather than to be there to influence a trial itself. Uh, Because I feel like if you put me in a room and you said, this guy, we have all the evidence. We have a hammer with blood on it. He killed three pedophiles. He put a hammer through their head. Not that this gentleman did actually kill anybody, like you said, but I feel like for me, I'd be like, yeah, let him go. What are we doing? Why are we, why are we trying to throw this guy in jail right now? It sounds like an upstanding citizen to me. <laughs> right. right. Let's make him mayor. Right. <laughs> <laughs> put him in charge. Right. It sounds like we need more people. Like, yeah, I, I agree with you hundred percent that there's like the, we look at this as a society and that we, that we somehow, shake our finger at it right because i mean and it's such a weird it's such a it's it is that tough moral area right where it's like okay violence violence begets violence right is it when do you go at is like how, how long you know can people change etc cetera, etc cetera, right and those are all like just those open-ended questions that that we have to work out as a society but i'm with logan if i'm in that room and they that's what they bring it's like let them go. Why are we wasting? We're wasting tax dollars here. Yeah, yeah I just feel like that's the whole lunch with my money. Like, let's go. <laughs> I, I could have been home 30 minutes ago. <clears throat> yeah, I just feel right. like that's the whole purpose of a jury of your peers. Like the only point of that being there is to interpret the law. It's uh, it, we could easily come up and say, here's the evidence. Here's what the law says. OK, it says you should go to jail for this amount of time. But that's why the jury is there to decide, hey, in this particular case, even though this man murdered somebody. Did he murder them because they raped his daughter? Feels to me like that's pretty justified reason to murder somebody. Yeah. Yeah. So in the case of uh, the Alaskan Avenger in 2016, Jason Vukovic, I hope I'm saying that right, uh, tracked down a number of sex offenders listed on the nation's public registry and attacked them. Vukovic reported that he felt an overwhelming desire to act because of his own history of abuse at the hands of his adopted father. 
His quest to seek justice for others thus led him to a short career in vigilantism or vigilantism. So now in prison, the Alaskan Avenger has since publicly denounced his actions and urged victims like him to seek therapy over retribution. One of the men he attacked stated that Volkovich should serve his prison sentence in full while others have called for his release. A lot of people have called for his release. And for whatever reason, this guy's still in jail, man. That shit is crazy. That is wild to me. Yeah, and like you said, meanwhile, we have pedophiles out there with $500 bills that are walking the street. Yeah, yeah. and and what do you think they're going to do? I mean, I mean, okay, yes, granted, maybe some of them might, you know, be on their best behavior and don't do anything more than that. Um, but there are many, 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 and, and you see this in the news also, repeat offenders. First of all, why is someone going to trial for the same thing for the third time in a row? Yeah. Why, why, yeah. why are you giving people three times in a row to go to trial to to serve justice off of what they did was the first time not enough how how is raping a kid for the first time not enough to just keep somebody in jail or give them the fucking death penalty because i don't want my taxpayer money going to them my taxpayer's money is already going everywhere else into the fucking system <laughs> i don't get yeah, it no joke it's crazy <laughs> especially yeah, when, i mean when hey, you put it that way keeping <laughs> even if you're gonna make the point dollars a day shit yeah. <laughs> unbelievable <laughs> Get Sorry, go ahead, Logan. Out of here. I was gonna say, I mean, even if you make the point that you know you want to give everybody one shot at redemption, and I would say that would probably not qualify in my mind, morally speaking, to raping children. But no, if you're I- you know, if you're doing something <laughs> that's morally apprehensible and you want to give them another chance after they've had a chance to go through the system and, and learn their lesson, two sure as hell ought to be enough times. Why is it why well, we have to wait on the third strike when it's something this incredibly serious to allow somebody to to finally all right maybe we should remove this person from society now that they've ruined three children's life and created psychological damage for the rest of their existence. Right, right, and this isn't this isn't the slum of society, right? Uh, I, I don't want I don't want people getting this picture painted in their head that it's the slum of society. These are teachers, these are judges, these are police officers, these are FBI agents that we see in the news all the time. Right. It's not just the elite and it's not just the bottom of the bucket. All right. This is everywhere. This is all throughout the socioeconomic chain of people, you know, living in this country and living abroad, you know, because it happens all across the world for that matter. And it happens in every state. It happens in every single state. dude. And it's it's pathetic. It's disgusting. That's why we do what we do. Turn awareness into action. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I like uh, your, your title just as a concept of dealing with pedophiles in general. I, I don't really know that we need pedophiles at all to have any sentence other than the death penalty. I mean, why are we even hanging on to these people to be part of our society to be recycled back in? I also wanted to take a moment just to commend you. Uh, both times we've had you on this podcast, Matthew and I get focused on the inertia the story, the, the numbers, all that kind of thing. I love that every single time we get too deep into that, you pause us for a moment and you remind us of the victims. I, did, I wanted to just say that out loud at least once while we had you on here, that I really respect you for that, that uh, your heart is clearly in the right place because you're you're never short to when we get a little too far away from the message to remind us that, hey, this is really about the people and the people that need help. And, and I, I really respect that about you. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, this is this has been a great episode. Thanks for coming on. I uh, I feel like we I kind of got everything out that I wanted to talk about, and you've been a, a fantastic addition. So again, thanks for popping on with us for such short notice. Um, so Mr. Hangings, tell us about uh, who you are. Where can we find you? Where can we support the cause? Uh, give us the rundown. So public hangings for pedophiles out of San Antonio, Texas. Uh, you can reach us on IG. All right, that's going to be public dot hangings dot four dot pedos 
um, P-E-D-O-S, all right? That's not spelled out, on IG. And then our website, if you hit up our website, uh, publichangingsforpedophiles.com, spelled straight, no dots, no dashes, all right? And anything that you buy on that website um, gets directly split between helping keep us support and, and, you know, funds getting put into more projects to raise more money, and then the other half of that being obviously being monetary value to organizations that actually bring the fight to human trafficking, that build winnable cases and that help survivors. Um, another thing of what we do is that in the middle, and this, and by the way, this happens every fiscal quarter. At the end of each fiscal quarter, we make that monetary donation to these organizations. In the middle of these fiscal quarters, we actually donate tangible goods, uh, such as hygienics, things that survivors can actually use. Uh, to organizations that help with re- uh, with with rehabilitating, um, that might just help them feel that connection to having a normal life, already, and just you know not maybe not feeling so dirty with themselves, or uh, just a nice scent to maybe distract them, you know, from something that uh, that they've been through. Um, so we're extremely passionate about us. But that's where you could reach us. All right, always shoot us a DM if you have any questions, and if you want to get involved, please reach out to us. All right, we could always shoot you. Uh, good leads uh, to where you live locally to get involved or to other organizations that you might want to contribute to. So, yeah. Absolutely. And I will pull the, uh, the links because in our first episode, you gave us a lot of really good links um, that people can use as resources. So I'm going to go back to that episode. I'm going to pull all those links and repost them in this episode. I'll also put direct links to his website and to the Instagram. Um, Seriously, guys, just go i mean it's one of those things that it seems like this huge daunting task and every and we're all we're all blessed with different gifts and we all have different fights right and i think that if if this is one of those fights that you think that is so out of your league that you wouldn't even know how to approach fighting it i can tell you exactly how you go to publichangingsforpedophiles.com and you buy some merch that is a that is an instant way that you can put meaningful dollars into this fight and know that they're going to go to a good place i personally have tons of stickers a shirt um i did see your new sticker drop i actually went to the website to order them and then i got distracted by something that was going on and i never and i never hit send um to actually complete that order so you will be getting an order from me tonight um i'll also look at one of those hoodies i think it it is getting chilly in new mexico it is sweater weather as they say so i think it's time to uh to purchase a hoodie as well um man thank you so much for coming on logan you got anything else I think that's it. So, you know, we want you guys to support us. We want to grow this podcast. We want you to buy some coffee. But if you have to choose between two places to put your money, I'm not for a second going to act like our podcast is more important than what this man right here is doing. So please go spend some money, give a donation, buy a hoodie, do something uh, just to show your support for his organization and and for uh, your disdain for child trafficking in this country and the worldwide. Thank you so much. I really appreciate being it means the world to us and more importantly for those in need. And last thing, the human, the National Human Trafficking Hotline is 1-888-373-7888. It's available 24-7. All right. If anybody that you know or anybody that um, that maybe you know somebody that knows somebody, right, hit up that hotline, let them know. All right. After maybe you possibly call 911 if it's if it's imminent or if you see it firsthand. All righty. Everybody be safe. All right. And we got to take care of those in need. Absolutely. Well, thank you guys very much for tuning into Against the Mob podcast. Again, Mr. Hangings, thank you so much for your uh, gracious invitation of your time. Uh, we are we're more than 
more than honored to have you come on the podcast. Um, that's all I got today, guys. So remember, it's Matt Billingsley, Logan Carpenter coming to you every week. Again, public hangings for pedophiles, public hangings for pedophiles.com. Go buy some stickers, go buy some shirts, go buy some some tags. I actually have I have two tags now on my uh, plate carrier. I just have them side by side. Um, and I'm probably just going to buy the orange one too. I'm just going to like have my whole, my whole front of my plate carrier is just going to be <laughs> just, just your, your little patches, man. But I absolutely love them. So go buy some merch, go support it, go turn, um, turn your, your heart in, turn your dollars over to somebody who's actually taking the fight, turning action, turning awareness into action. Remember guys, we fight against the mob with people with politics. We'll see you next week. And of course, Epstein didn't kill himself. Oh.